Welcome to another episode of Profiles in Leadership. I'm your host, Steve Anderson, and thank you to VGM Advantage for sponsoring this series. Today we have a great guest, Celissa Roberts. Celissa is a senior leader at a leading regional bank and is a certified financial planner. Celissa started as a teller at the age of 19. <laughs> she has worked her way up through the bank branch system. She has been in the banking and financial services for 28 years. Celissa thought that yoga would help her learn to relax and manage her stress. She was surprised how much she applied the principles she learned in the yoga room to the boardroom to her role as a leader. With her two worlds colliding, she thought this was a great idea for a book. The title of her book, Thinking Just Hurts the Team, was published right here, was published in October 2017. The book is about finding happiness and igniting full potential by taking the principles of yoga to the workplace. So thank you for being here today. Of course, <clears throat> thank you for having me. How does one work their way up in a very traditional conservative business like banking from a teller to an executive level position? Well, it, um, it's really been just hard work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, did, I did start as a teller and took advantage of every opportunity that was ever um, given to me and yeah. always just did, uh, did a great job in my early, um, in my early 20s. Um, I was introduced to um, folks that did investments um, as well as uh, banking and that really became, uh, became my passion and I've worked on that side of the financial services um, industry and really just hard work. Nothing magic, just yeah. just just hard work One and making the best of every opportunity. And it's common, isn't that the common theme that uh, hard work is always a part of that? Yeah. It doesn't come without yeah. uh, hard work. Correct. I always like to say, uh, mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, hard work and and, uh, and good work is always rewarded um, yes. with more work um, yeah. to do. Absolutely. So I think of banking as kind of an old world business, mm -hmm. and yoga, at least in the Western world. I would say is kind of more of a, a new age business. Mm -hmm. And so uh, how do you, uh, it seems like a stretch to combine the two. So I'm, I'm intrigued how you wrote this book about combining the two and what is it that yoga can do for you as an executive? Absolutely. You know, when I think about um, mm -hmm. some of the principles um, of, uh, of yoga, and it's probably just easiest to just share a couple um, with you. When I made the transition from being an individual contributor to what I thought was going to be a manager role mm -hmm. at the time. Um, but very quickly I learned that my role in management was much more about leadership than, um, than about management. Um, my mentor at the time told mm -hmm. me that um, leadership is about getting people to do the things that they otherwise wouldn't do on their own. Um, and that is just a fantastic um, principle of, um, of yoga. When I go into the yoga room, I'm always reminded that there are poses that I don't want to do, but the poses that I don't want to do oftentimes are what my mind and body um, need the most. And so I, I practice that in the yoga room and then it's just, it's just natural as a leader um, to come back and be able to apply that same principle um, to my role as a leader. You know, as I'm yeah. working with my team, um, oftentimes, you know, when they're coming in to work each day, there's a list of things that, you know, could occupy their time and I just really encourage them. Those things that you don't want to do, oftentimes are the very, you know, are the yeah. very drivers that you really need yeah, uh, to, yeah. uh, to be doing. Can I, sh can I share one more Absolutely. with you? You know, another, uh, another huge one, uh, and this is a big deal at my, uh, at my yoga studio, um, is, you know, go big. Um, yeah. And I've just found in life, you've, you've, you've got to be all in. Um, and you know, when I made the transition to being a, a financial advisor that first year, um, I didn't experience the success that I could have yeah. because I was approaching it in more of a tentative 
uh, manner. And yoga just teaches you to just to just go big. You take up space with your postures and you go big. And once yeah. again, you learn how to do it on your mat. It's pretty easy to yeah, do it. That's a great analogy. That's a great analogy. I love the title of your book. So when, yes. I, when I was a teenager, my dad was my basketball coach. Okay. And sometimes he'd pull me aside and say, Steve, stop thinking you're hurting the team. Just play yes, ball. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so why did you choose that title for your book? Oh. What are you saying there? Well, here's a, here's, here's a truth. Um, uh, when I worked with the publishing company, they wanted me to change my title. Oh, okay. um, and my, uh, my yoga teacher always says thinking just hurts the team. Um, and you know, if, if you want to get something done, you just have to take action and you just have to do it. And literally thinking or overthinking inhibits doing. Um, and if you want to get anything done, you just got to get out of your head and you just got to do it. Yeah, that's great. I yeah. love it. I love it. I'm so, uh, that pleases me very much that that made sense. <laughs> what has been your biggest challenge as a woman executive in this traditional banking world that, uh, that you've uh, grown up in? You know, that's, a, that's something that I've spent some time thinking about. And I'm, I guess I'm really proud to tell you that I, mm -hmm. I don't really feel like my gender um, has really been um, mm -hmm. an issue. I've written in the book about um, a mentor of mine. Um, that uh, I worked with in my early 30s. Um, I had a lot of insecurities about, you know, about being a female um, and about, you know, am I good enough? Am I, you know, am I worthy? Um, and he really spent a lot of time talking with me about the fact, especially I think, you know, my soft skills, my emotional intelligence is something that was really attractive to him. And I've written in the book that, you know, I needed, I needed his validation for, you know, me as a person to recognize that, you know, I'm worthy. I've, you know, I've got everything that I need. Um, and his belief in me really, you know, empowered me to, you know, to, 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 to go on to do what I'm doing um, today. And is the banking world uh, still a male-dominated business or, or has it changed a lot over the years? You know, I think we're moving in the right direction. Um, I, um, I'm seeing more and more um, women assuming leadership roles. I, I know that you know there certainly are perceptions that um, that that isn't um, happening. But you know, I'm just I'm just all about you know my book is really about um, being gritty and being resilient and being courageous. And I think if you bring those types of things into uh, the workplace, you can accomplish anything that you that you want to accomplish. Yeah, that's great advice. In your book, you also mention that leadership involves not just the brain, but the heart and yes. the caring. Arm. So yes. How, what do you think is the most important, or are they equally important? Um, I think that the I think that the heart and the caring are more important, um, and I think it's because you know as a manager and as a leader, I can you know I can command and control, and, and you know and, and I can tell somebody uh, to do something, and I'll do it because I'm their manager and I'm their leader. Right. Uh, but if I speak to their heart, I'm able to inspire them to do it for their reasons and not my. Reasons, and I think that's where greatness really occurs: is when people are motivated for their reasons, not my yeah. Um, reasons. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's the the dictator role versus you know the, the right. leader role that just helps them discover what they, right. what, what they can do best. And when I think about you know, like leaders that have really inspired me, they've spoken to my heart, and they've you know they've all understood um, that uh, I will be harder on myself than you know they could ever be. Um, on me, and so speaking speaking to my heart really, you know, really will help inspire me. And I'm I'm a big believer. If it's good enough for me, it's good enough for others. And that that is what I try to do with my team as well. Yeah. So, what is the stress you refer to in your career that you feel yoga helped you deal with? So, ah, just the stress and the anxiety. You know, you've got the you've got the market. You've got you know, anytime you get people working together, there's you know, interpersonal um, interactions that oftentimes can cause stress. Um, there you know, are deadlines. 
Um, there are you know, times when maybe you know, you, you're feeling insecure and you're not gonna measure up. I think all of those things just, um, just cause us stress. And oftentimes I will leave um, work my entire schedule is crafted carefully uh, around my yoga schedule. Um, and I go screaming into the yoga room and I arrive on my mat and everything just settles. And it, when it settles, there is clarity. Um, and you know, I'm a doer, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm high strung um, and I've just learned to just settle. And when I settle, that's when I'm at my most creative, that's when I'm at my most powerful, but I have to take and make time to be able to settle. Yeah, and you just mentioned this, but most people would say that I love to exercise more, I'd love to do yoga, but I just don't have the time. So mm -hmm. how do you have the time? How do you, <laughs> how do you make the time? Uh, I'm a big believer that what's important to you gets done. Um, and this is almost from the first time that I did yoga um, was I hooked. Um, and when I got up from Shavasana or um, or the dead pose, I just, I just felt better and I wanted more of that feeling. Um, and when you crave more of that feeling, you just craft your, your, your time and your schedule around, you know, around this important activity. And I'm, you know, my job is a big job. It requires a lot of energy. It requires a lot of focus. Um, and I generate energy on my mat. And I'm a big believer that when I take time to take care of myself, then I have a lot more capacity to be able to take care of so others. So how often does that yoga session get canceled because someone calls you in a meeting or something happens? It, it doesn't happen very often because somebody calls me into, uh, into a meeting. I do have a little bit of play um, in my schedule, um, but I'm pretty good. I, you know, another one of the, uh, the items that I wrote about um, in the book is, uh, you know, when I'm scheduled, to, um, to do yoga, and one of the titles of the chapter um, is, um, is show up and do your work. Yeah. I have to just show up and do my work. Um, and I, you know, I believe that's one of the principles that's just helped me succeed in life, is just showing up every single day with a smile um, and doing my work. And so I just know that it's important for me to show up and do my work. I, you know, I do give myself some flexibility for, you know, things do come up um, that I do need to, you know, to accommodate, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty it's good. It's a high priority. Absolutely, it's a high priority. When I travel, I, I travel with a travel yoga mat and I, you know, bust it out in my, uh, in my hotel room <laughs> and. Uh, well, that uh, takes discipline. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. If money were not an issue, mm -hmm. describe the perfect vacation you would take to recharge. Uh, just I enjoyed a lovely week uh, this year um, with my husband in Hawaii, um, and uh, I just do that. I just do that every year. It was just it was yeah. just fantastic. I got to do yoga um, on you know on the beach, um, and I just I just found that just really fed my soul. Yeah. Now I asked you earlier about the difference between men and women, and you didn't feel there's a lot of difference, but I, I wanted to ask this question: What is it that men just don't get uh, when you're in a leadership position as a female leader? Sure. I think there's a difference um, in, uh, in how men and women operate. Um, and um, I think going back to your previous question that you asked, it is, and, and I don't think that, I think that men definitely can have this capacity, um, but if more men had this capacity, uh, this, you know, this, this um, uh, uh, it, it really is that, that caring, yeah. that caring and stopping um, to really connect with the individual, be it you know, be it male or female, um, and really get to understand that individual and, and you know really what makes them um, what makes them tick. But I don't, I don't even think that that's a 
just a male issue. I, you know, I've worked for foreign with um, female leaders that you know that I would also offer that advice to. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. You say in your book that a mindful life is a happy life, mm -hmm. and I think many people struggle with that term mindful. So yeah. help us define. How would you define that so we can understand? Absolutely. To me, mindful is um, is just stopping to be aware of. The very you know it can be just the simple things in life uh, uh, examples like you know when I wake up in the morning just that appreciation of how fantastic it feels to be in bed all you know all covered up um, under the covers it could be something like appreciating the you know the the clear blue sky or the smell of, uh, of I'm not a coffee drinker but you know the smell I love the smell um, of coffee just those types of things that just add a richness to life and it, to me being mindful is just really slowing down and being able to take it all in and I feel like our world is just you know moving so quickly and we we do need to pause and that's one of the things I've probably gotten the best feedback on the book about is just the notion of slowing down just the yeah. notion of slowing down and looking around and noticing you. the little things around you or the everyday things that we take for granted sometimes absolutely yeah. absolutely and it, it it I think that you know when you slow down and you appreciate you know what's around you your heart just swells because you know I mean there's just there's there's just so much to yeah. be grateful for so when we think about working with teams in, in the business world and so on, how do you react to those who feel, you know, I'm just the way I am, so, uh, you know, you need to learn how to work with me. Uh, I've actually written uh, specifically uh, about, uh, about that. One of my very, very favorite quotes of all times, and I, and I love books um, and I love quotes, um, comes from the book Execution, The Discipline of, uh, of Getting Things Done, and it's actually uh, quoted, uh, quoted in the book. But the quote goes like this, um, people, that can't get, uh, people who can't work together reduce the capacity of our organization. Um, and the advice that I would give somebody like that is, um, is if you will soften your edges, um, and you will be willing to do the hard work uh, to allow you to be more flexible. Um, you, you will come into to more power than you are having today. You'll come into your true um, power. And I, I, I have worked with individuals that, that can't or won't do that, and it, it is sad to me uh, because they'll never reach their full, um, their full potential. You know, grit is a buzzword right now in relationship with yeah. leadership, and, uh, and, and I know it's in the book, but w w what does it mean to you when, when someone uses the word grit? How, mm. how would you describe that? Yeah, grit to me is just, is all about resiliency and courage. Um, it, it, it just really means not giving up. You know, one of the other, uh, another chapter um, title in the book is, um, is um, Fall 7, um, Rise 8, and to me, that is what having grit means and you know we all um, you know working in the corporate environment you know just being human beings on the planet we you know we get we get knocked down um, but you know greedy people just stand up and you know dust themselves off and go you know get themselves back into the arena um, and just make it happen yeah and then when they do fall or when you do fail mm -hmm. uh, what do you learn from it so if we can have organizations that where failure is accepted in a right. certain way Right. Because we're all going to learn from it and get better from it, then I think we all um, we all progress faster. Yeah, I read um, uh, uh, almost 
um, right when I started my career, and I did start my career you know, at 19 um, as a teller, and I read this book, Thriving on Chaos, by, uh, by Tom Peters. That book is also quoted um, in, uh, in my book, and that's exactly what he said. Uh, he said, you know, according to science, there, uh, the, the, the laws of science, you have to have numerous failures before you have um, success. And so um, I always coach to, you know, I am a subject matter expert in what it is that I do because I've made every error possible. And it's okay to make, uh, to make errors. The thing is, is you just have to very, very quickly learn what you needed to learn from that lesson. Don't repeat it and move on. And it was very empowering for me in my career to, you know, to, to, well, to learn and be given permission yeah. to fail. And I think that that's what a lot of people struggle with. They're, they're afraid to uh, fail. They're afraid to look bad in front of their colleagues. They're afraid it's going to hurt their career. So therefore, it's, it's just easier to play it safe and yeah. not take that risk. Yeah. But if we can all agree that we learn the most by our failures than our successes, Absolutely. then we should be failing more yeah. to progress more. I wrote a lot about, uh, about my, favorite, uh, my favorite mentor. Um, and what I really appreciate about him is that he created an environment where there was a giant safety net underneath me. He encouraged me to take risk, um, and he he encouraged me to just you know be the best version of myself that I could be. And there were times when you know when I did fall down, uh, you know when I did skin my knees. But he was right there, um, not not literally, but he was right there to you know to to pick me up, to dust me, you know to dust me off, to you know give me a hug, you know and and send me back on my uh, back on my way. What do you know now that if you knew 20 years ago as you were climbing this corporate ladder in the leadership position that you wish you knew? Uh, you know, if I could go back and I could tell, I could tell I'm, I'm, I'm 47 now, so if I could go back to my 27-year-old self, I would just, um, I'd just tell her that she's stronger than she knows. Yeah. Um, and the, the things that I worried about and spent, you know, wasted, you know, energy and time um, on. They're just, there's, they're just silly yeah. in the overall, um, in the overall scheme. Energy there yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things I love about getting older um, is, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have that insecurity um, any longer. I don't spend near as much time on those types of, uh, on those types of things. I'm more thoughtful in how I deploy uh, yeah. my energies today. Yeah. Since you're in the banking world, how do you see the uh, banking in the future? What changes do you think will be made over the next 10 years? Because that's an industry that has changed a lot recently, and it seems it's going to change more. So. Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of disruptors um, out there that uh, that I think that we all need to be mindful um, and uh, and aware of. I think the uh, the Best thing, and I think that the the industry, not the industries, but the companies that will um, survive, and I think this is really interesting, um, are really being mindful of the relationships and the experience that they have um, with their clients. Um, and I um, I think that um, that in a time and a space when clients are really just they're they're looking for advice. Um, from um, from us, and so I think it's really important that we have really good relationships um, with them, so that they trust us um, and um, and will know that we've got their best interest at heart in guiding them to make you know some of the mo most important financial decisions that they're going to make. I think it's really interesting that that mm -hmm. I feel like everything comes back to the heart, um, and you know, and, I mean, we just we've got to have these very real relationships with so um, with our clients. So you have the millennial generation which is now so much bigger than the baby boomers and, and 
is going to be mostly in the workplace and, and in positions of power and so on. So how does how do you deal with the, the millennial generation as far as meeting their needs in, in, the, in the banking industry? Absolutely. You know, one of the motivators for me in writing the book was my interactions um, with um, with millennials, and I think that um, it's just really important. Um, that we work with this group. I mean, this is, a, I'm, I'm not a parent, um, but I've worked with a lot of uh, millennials. This is a group of individuals that have been raised very differently um, than you and I were raised. Um, and one of the things that we're spending a lot of time with them on um, is connecting, just like you and I um, are, um, are connecting. Uh, and being able to, you know, to ask a question and, you know, and, and, and give time for um, a thoughtful answer and, you know, the eye contact yeah. um, that, um, you know, that, you know, we're, we're having and the, the trust that we're having. Those are just things that we really need to work with the millennials um, to help them cultivate because that isn't something that they seem to have on their own. They, they seem a lot more comfortable, you know, in, in big groups. Yeah. Um, we have to help them be able to establish one-to-one -one, um, relationships. You know, it's interesting. I do a lot of mentoring and coaching um, with, um, with individuals, but oftentimes um, millennials. And, it, and I wrote about this as well. It's, it fascinates me how often in the quiet of an interaction like our um, interaction, mm -hmm. that individual um, becomes emotional. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in our talking, um, together, uh, and I, I just I, I don't think that they've had as much of that as you know as maybe you know as maybe I did um, in um, in my career, and I I, I, I love it when they become uh, emotional um, like that because it, it's just it's emotional glue that sticks them. You've also been active in philanthropy, so uh, how does that speak to you? Who you are and what drives you in that direction? Absolutely, um, it's just part of who I am. I feel just so lucky to be me and to have the beautiful life that, um, that I have. And I think it's just natural feeling so grateful that, you know, that I, I like to give back to causes that, um, that are important um, to me. It's important to me as an individual, the organization that I work for, um, it's very important to them um, as well. It's just, it's just something that, that makes my heart sing, really. And so you're, and now you're a board member on mm -hmm. the Wave Foundation. I am. So yeah, so tell us a little bit about what, uh, what drew you to that organization. Absolutely. Um, the Wave Foundation, Women Against Violence Everywhere, although um, we're trying to be more inclusive, we're against uh, violence, uh, violence everywhere. Um, I was drawn to them uh, because we just have a fantastic mission, um, and the mission really is to empower um, women um, that have been involved in domestic um, violence um, issues. Um, and I just I find it very very you know very empowering. We've got a lot of work that we're doing to be able to empower the next generation to be able to recognize um, the signs and the signals to be able to protect themselves and to make healthy choices and be in um, healthy relationships. Um, I've been very inspired with the group of men and women um, that I uh, work with. We just do fantastic um, work. So they were a very very easy group to uh, to to join and get behind their cause. That's great. You know, with all the stuff coming out in the news today with, um, you know, the uh, abuse of, of power and, and sexual assault or sexual harassment and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it's all related in that power position and so yes. on. And so it's uh, definitely affecting our world, and it seems to be coming out more and more, mm -hmm. which, uh, w which I'm sure is a good thing. Absolutely. You know, so uh, Can't so hide. You know, what can we do to just make sure that uh, more and more people are, do you, do you feel like we're hitting that tipping point now? No, I'm, I'm I'm very concerned about what we're seeing in the media. But you know where where my mind goes, 
um, is you know, anything that we can do to be able to strengthen people's individual sense of power. Um, and so, you know, so the work that I do with, uh, you know, with the wave, uh, being able to make sure that people recognize those, you know, those signals potentially even before um, something, um, something happens. But really, just strengthening people and and giving them well, their and I sense think of personal power. Awareness is such a big part of it. I mean, Absolutely. You know, kind of the Me Too uh, thing that we got going on social media mm -hmm. and so on is, is, I mean, things of people in my own family or people that I, I felt I. Yeah. know extremely well that came out in me too and, and it just opens my eyes and it's yeah. you know uh, I, I think that's happened a lot so just yep. you know something like that to increase the awareness that yeah. th this isn't some isolated thing that happens to somebody we never know yeah this is the kind of thing that happens to people we know mm -hmm. and love every day absolutely so, yeah. had a woman um, uh, on Sunday approach me um, at my yoga studio and she um, is reading uh, is reading the book and she was sharing with me how empowered um, she felt and that she'd had a Me Too. Uh, she had a, she'd had a Me Too moment um, and she'd posted it on Facebook, but then immediately felt guilty um, and pulled it um, and pulled it down. Um, and so uh, I, I talked with her, you know, about you know, you know, why did you feel guilty? And so you can still see she's working, um, she's working through that, but she's getting closer. She's yeah. getting you know closer to um, to working through that. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I thought that that was an interesting yeah. thing for her to you know to share with me. So what in life excites you and makes you want to jump out of that bed every day and conquer the day? Um, what excites me? Um, I'm a pretty simple person. Um, I, I love my job. I love helping, um, helping people. Um, and I just I enjoy a, a fantastic yoga class um, yeah. and spending time um, with my husband and my family. That, that's really what, uh, what excites me. Uh, I wish I had some, you know, a sexier answer hey, for uh, for that, but that's nothing uh, wrong with that yep. answer. That's perfect. So we usually finish up these interviews by asking you for a pearl of wisdom. Absolutely. So in relation to leadership, uh, give us your pearl of wisdom for our listeners. My pearls of wisdom. Um, earlier, I said uh, that um, that um, go big um, yeah. was one of the yoga principles, and so I just <clears> would <throat> encourage um, listeners to just dream big dreams. Um, I'd encourage them to dream, uh, to dream big dreams, but I would also encourage them to get those dreams out of their head and make them um, into, into goals that have you know, specific uh, uh, um, accountabilities. Um, I would also um, encourage them to believe in themselves because you are stronger um, than, um, than you know. Uh, but the challenge is, is that dreaming big dreams, setting goals, um, and, um, and uh, believing in yourself can all be done uh, from your couch, uh, yeah. but you got to get off your couch and you got to go make stuff. You got to make some happen. You got to go make stuff happen. And you know what? Life is best when you're out making stuff, uh, making stuff happen. So I just encourage them to get out of your head and go get it done. Well, thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Thank so you for your time, so much Steve. For your insight, of course. And thank you for viewing another episode of Profiles in Leadership. Uh, you can check out all our gallery of video uh, interviews on bgmadvantage.com and also on orangeshotcoaching.com. So thanks again for your time today. We really appreciate it. And uh, take care. Thank you.